When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Three minutes left in the first quarter. Friday night football. Montreal up 7-3 on Saskatchewan. Blue Jays taking on the Cubs. It's 4-0 for Chicago in the top of the fourth. Hope you have a great weekend ahead of you, everybody. It is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. I have had a great day to this point as I spent the majority of it at the Lynx in Spruce Grove. Thank you to that golf course for its hospitality, including its food, as it was the 28th annual 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous Gary Dreger Memorial Golf Classic. And uh, a wonderful day. So many people out supporting Santa's Anonymous. The tournament was sold out. Uh, people being very generous with the silent auction. We had a, a live auction for a Rod Stewart experience. We had a live auction for uh, an experience for the Edmonton Oilers home opener that just got donated uh, moments before it was actually auctioned off. Uh, we had raffles for uh, signed Oilers jerseys, and uh, it was just a, just a wonderful day and uh, some pretty cool uh, golfers uh, on a nice golf course too. I, I just want to thank a few people. First of all, the Drager family. Uh, many members of the Dreger family were there. Gary Dreger was uh, worked here at 6:30 Ched before I was here. I never got to meet him, but was incredibly dedicated to 6:30 Ched. Santa's Anonymous. Angel Benedict, one of my most favorite people on the planet, the executive director of Santa's Anonymous, who works year round for uh, everything that you see executed in the Christmas season. Kevin Spriggs, uh, our board chair of uh, Santa's Anonymous as well. Uh, appreciate his leadership along the way. And Carly Dominic, who is just one of the most valuable people and colleagues I've ever had, was a big part of making the day success. As were many other people I, I work with and many other people at the links, but I just wanted to mention those people as we get going today. I had a really interesting day golf-wise. Uh, I've, I've sort of one of the little goofy things I've done on the show every, every summer is lament my terrible golf game. I have not done that this summer because I have not golfed this summer. Uh, I won't tell the whole story, but basically because of an ongoing foot injury that I have. So it's, it's limited my activity this summer. But uh, I, did, I did swing today for the first time since September, so... Uh, I, I knew perhaps playing, uh, you know, a traditional round of golf and being part of a team might be a little difficult for me, and um, you know maybe wouldn't be uh, uh, the best, not just for my own condition, but just if I was if I turned out to be really limited, then I'm not helping my team at all. Not that I usually would a lot anyway. So they stationed me on the 14th hole at the links. So that is a relatively short par three over a pond. So it was playing 132 yards today, 
which is usually a good distance for me. And it, it, the clearing, I mean, it's probably 90 yards to clear the pond. I mean, there's a slope leading up to the green. It's not as if, oh, you got to clear just, you know, 170 yards even to make the front edge of the green. Like, I mean, it's green or you're in the drink. So I thought, okay, even without having played a lot of golf this summer, I thought I'm going to make, I'm going to miss the water most of the time. And with that distance, I thought even without swinging a club a lot, I'll, I'll probably hit some decent shots. So, but the the game was that with to, without me knowing what they picked, each group that came by had to say if my tee shot was going to end up wet or dry. So, no, didn't no dry didn't doesn't mean it had to be on the green. They just had to tell me to tell the volunteers if it was going to be wet or dry, and then if they were correct, they got a stroke off their score for that hole. So there were some people who birdied it, who then were able to write down a one. So they put it in two shots. They were able to write down a one because they cor- uh, correctly predicted what I was going to do. And then if I if I hit a decent tee shot or, or a great tee shot, and not, not to brag, but I hit a couple, Derek, uh, <laughs> then they could actually putt from my ball as well. They could you take my ball as the best shot. So there were 36. So I'll, I'll give you my stat because, yes, I kept stats, Derek. I'm that much of a nerd. <laughs> I can't wait to hear I it. Thought I thought I can't do this and not track how I'm doing. So I took 36 tee shots, and I hit the water on seven. And I had a midday sort of implosion. I had a, There was a one eight-shot stretch where I hit the water five times, where all of a sudden I just couldn't get the ball in the air. I could feel I was striking the ball kind of not quite topping it, but I'd sort of drive it low and it would get about halfway through the pond and then it would just dip down. So very frustrating. And again, I haven't played a lot this season, but I kind of got it back on track. So I was hoping to do better. 29 out of 36 over the water. That's okay. All in all, that's pretty good. But I probably had two dozen balls on the green. So probably 24 out of 36 were on the green. Some I hit over the water. I actually hit a couple long. Yeah. A couple, you know, off left, off right. Um... I, I, one of my best shots was my second last shot. I probably hit the three feet. Okay. And I, so I probably hit three or four within 10 feet and maybe another three or four that were were within 20. Yeah. So I probably had eight shots within 20 feet, which for me is pretty good. That does sound pretty good. So, But I, I found out of, of the 36 groups who predicted whether I was going to be wet or dry, 35 of them said dry. Wow. So one group said, you know, he's going to hit the water. Yeah that we have no faith in him. We think he's that bad that he can't clear. Now, again, I didn't always do it. Do you know who was golfing in that group? Stoffer. Bob Stoffer. Really? Bob Stoffer <laughs> okay. made sure his group picked wet. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. They that many wrong. people so thought you were going to stay dry. off the hole. Yeah. Because that one I hit, I pushed it a little bit. I was, I was off the green a bit to the right. Not bad. Not bad at all, I would say. I feel like I wanted to do better, but I know, I know my mom's listening right now. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You haven't played all year. <laughs> That's a good impression. I'm sure she loves it. Yes. <laughs> but that was, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a difficult shot just to clear the water. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to do this again next year because as much as it's fun playing in a foursome and interacting with, you know, three people all day, I enjoyed getting to meet everybody. Oh, for because sure. Because, you know, I met, some, uh, I met some advertisers. I met some listeners. Uh, I got to meet Bob Stoffer. <laughs> you know, so, he's a good guy. Yeah, it was just it was, it was just a really all kidding aside. It was a great day. the The weather was nice today. You know, not too hot, not too cold. Did you get rained so, on at all? 
No. No? Good. Perfect. Now, it rained on a little bit at football last night. Okay, yeah. A little bit of, at, at football, which we're going we're gonna to talk about that game. Don't mm. worry. Uh, this portion of the show, by the way, and the whole that I was on today at the link, sponsored by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Um, yeah, and everybody was watching me make every... Which actually doesn't bother me anymore. I think there was a point where... I would have thought, oh no, people are watching me. That doesn't. I wonder though, if for listeners, if all of a sudden they had to be watched for even one shot, if beyond just their playing partners, or if their shot had some sort of meaning. Even mine didn't have a lot of meaning, but oh, that's a stroke off if they predict correctly. I don't know. I wonder if that would freak people out. I was not freaked out. Yeah. Well, and I feel too, you've probably had a lot of experience of people standing and watching you while you're doing your job, right? So that well, probably doesn't really. throw you off. Not really? No. Well, I'm not a dancer. No, but I feel like, you know, if you're doing a report or something, <laughs> I would love to see you to be a dancer, though. That would be amazing. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you're doing reports or whatever, somebody's going to stand there and watch you. Does that throw you off at all, or are you used to that? That doesn't throw me off. I don't, I don't okay. even think about that. That's good. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, I guess in Studio 99, people might watch us. Mm-hmm. But no, that doesn't. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't really think about it. You don't feel the pressure. I'm so hyper-focused, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> Such an elite I'm athlete. Like a, I'm like a human laser. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how focused I am. Wow. I'm like a... Uh, a heat-seeking I'm, missile I'm like, of sports I'm, radio. I'm, I'm like the, the the optical exam thing they give you at the optometrist. That's yeah. how focused I am. <laughs> the I just cast. keep spinning the dials till it's <laughs> all crystal clear. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 780-496-0063. If you want to get in touch, that is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. I was also at the Edmonton Elks game last night, of course. Uh, Never miss it unless I got an Oilers conflict. I was there with my uh, mom and dad. My mom did not boo. (laughs) We actually all cheered several times. Um, I I didn't really talk to them. Well, my mom didn't really say anything. My dad and I both said, um, I can't remember if my mom said anything or not, but my dad and I both kind of said after the game that at 22 nothing, we still thought there was a pretty good chance the Elks were going to lose. At 22-10 at halftime, I was quite sure that Winnipeg was going to win, but I thought at least there's a little bit of doubt, like this could still go Edmonton's way. I said, uh, Evan, Evan Cook, who's, uh, is that Evan over there? Hey, Evan, how's it going? He's not listening to the show. Imagine that, someone not listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> Evans came and sat with us during the game, and I said to Evan at halftime, okay, like I still think Winnipeg's going to win, but I thought if the Elks can get to 32 then then maybe, and I thought if the Elks can get to 36 points, then they'd have a pretty good chance. Now, I know Winnipeg got to 38, but if Edmonton at some point could have got to 36, that means they would have had the ball for a longer drive, and Winnipeg might not have been able to do uh, what they were going to do. But despite the, the positive signs uh, by the Edmonton Elks and some exciting plays, uh, I still thought, oh, here's Evan, how are you? Hey. I was just talking about you. Yeah, come sit down. Will it? Anybody can come on the show really at any time, especially if we're. I was just, I was just saying how I said to you at halftime that if the Elks got to thirty-two, maybe they were up twenty-two ten. If they get to thirty-two, maybe. And I said if they got, if they could have got to thirty-six, they probably would have won. Now I know Winnipeg got to thirty-eight, but if the Elks would have got to thirty-six, Winnipeg might have not had time to get 
uh, get to 38. But you, you and I were both like, well, 22-10, that's kind of still advantage Winnipeg. I thought I thought when you said that I thought 32 was a pretty good was was a pretty good like watermark to set because you're right I the the game the game even though Winnipeg ends up scoring more than that the game changes if the Elks can get those extra points make the game tighter uh, th- yeah there's just th- there's there's just so many what ifs there but I, I thought that was a good guess by you. Um, around 32. What we both agreed on was that they couldn't just try and hold on to that lead and try and not lose as opposed to go out and win. And I think that's kind of what we saw in the second half. Yeah, more problems in the second half, uh, more penalty. I know I got some messages about the penalties that uh, we'll read later as we go along. But yeah, just... I mean, there were exciting plays. Unfortunately, that's now a, a positive for this team. Just that people got up and cheered a few times, and there were a couple of long touchdowns. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and 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 fans united on some of the. I mean, the the penalties that that you mentioned. Obviously, those were somewhat uniting for for fans. But yeah, those coupled with some some plays, and that was where we were. All right, thanks for stopping in. I know you probably want to start your weekend. Hey, th- thanks well, for maybe chatting. This is, this is, maybe this for you is an adequate way to start your weekend. This is a great way Woo! to start it. Bye-bye, Inside Sports. <laughs> thanks, buddy. See you, Reed. Seven Cook checking in from our news department. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about some specific things tonight, uh, but I know people have had about 20 hours to process at 780-496-0063. I do think there are some, some significant things to touch on. Obviously, Trey Ford, who was a talking point all week. Uh, the defense now getting gouged. Halftime adjustments. This continues to be a concern, and it's not all on the players. We'll dive into some of those things. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, into the second quarter. It is now 14-3. Montreal leading Saskatchewan in the Canadian Football League. The Elks are back at it Thursday in Hamilton. This is the halfway point of the season for the Elks, of course. They have not won a game. And uh, again, I will not talk about trying to win multiple games until they win one game. Uh, it is, again, quite possible they will not win a game this season. I'm not saying a sure thing, but certainly possible, given the caliber of their play. I, I, I guess I am somewhat hopeful that if they play like they did for portions of the game last night against some of the weaker teams, they'll have a chance. But they've played some weaker teams this season and haven't been able to beat them. So keep that in mind. Last night, um, first play of the game. I mean, what, what can you say? A long rushing touchdown. Exciting. Got everybody going. Defense played well. They responded. Got another drive. Trey Ford ran it in. Um, as much as we're talking about the second half, really I think the offense started to sputter even in the second quarter. It was the pick six touchdown that made it 22 nothing. I, I like that they were able to finally run the ball. Uh, I didn't even mind that they called a lot of running plays early. I just didn't think that then they did enough off of that. The first couple of passes were short passes. I mean, at one point, they basically called three passing plays. Well, I guess four passing plays. Two of them wound, wind up being Trey Ford runs because he, he ran for a first down and then he ran for the touchdown. So... 
I, I appreciate they wanted to run the ball, and for early in the game, they were able to do it. And I thought, okay, now what is Jerry's Jackson going to call off of these passes? Are we going to see some play action and take a shot down the field or even a medium shot? Are we going to see a fake handoff and a rollout by Trey Ford? And then maybe he gets the edge or he has someone open to throw to. We didn't really see that. So I guess I still have questions, though. Is that a lack of imagination from the offensive coordinator? Is that still a limited game plan because you have a relatively young quarterback? Or was that, as we criticized Stephen McAdoo for, uh, a continued sort of lack of imagination in play calling? Um, they took a couple of deep shots. I mean, they got the long one to Dylan Mitchell. Then they fumbled on the next play because they were hurrying to get the playoff because they didn't want uh, Winnipeg to review it. They tried a long one to uh, Mitchell in the fourth quarter where his legs got tangled up with the guy and, and Mitchell went down. That was not pass interference, though fans were screaming for it after some of the calls against the Elks. Um, so I still sort of was left after the game feeling as if I, I wanted to see some longer passes again. And I'm not always talking about long bombs or chuck it 35 to 40 yards. I'm still talking about passes in that 12 to 20 yard range. I would still love to see a few more of those. Quite frankly, I would have loved to see a few more passes in general. And this is the thing I'm left kind of surprised by is that by the end of the game, the Elks only attempted 16 passes. So Trey Ford was 12 for 16 for 189 yards. So 75 completion percentage is quite good. He had a long of 70. So if you take that out, uh, that's only 119 yards on 11 completions. So, you know, it it wasn't uh, much of an air show from Trey Ford. You have to get chunks of yardage in this league. I realize they were able to do that running the ball to a degree, but it's easier to do that when you're when you're throwing the ball. So I I mean it it it's a little painful saying this at this time of year when they're already 0-9. And now I, I mean one thing I mentioned in the preseason, priority one, win more games than last year. That's extremely unlikely that that's going to happen. Because then they'd have to win five of their final nine. And they're they're quite frankly they're not good enough. But it's, so it's a little painful to say I guess now we're in the the Trey Ford development mode. And I know the question for many of you is going to be, why did it have to take that long? Why did it have to take that long to name a new quarterback? Why did it have to take that long to replace the offensive coordinator? And now I'm telling you about these guys. Well, we have to wait and see because it's Trey Ford's first game since October, and that was a meaningless one last season. And it's Jarius Jackson's first game as the OC of this team. He's had the job in uh, in other cities. We'll discuss a couple other things as well. Happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chet.